Beloved, you're about to listen to a message by Pastor Prince Laie. Pastor Prince Laie is the head pastor of Rescue World Chapel International and the lead evangelist of Christ the Healer Gospel Campaign. He has a dynamic teaching and healing ministry with miracles, signs and wonders that has affected and transformed many lives. And now, the voice of rescue. And I'm going to bypass a lot of things and talk to you about the importance, and that's the mystery. The mystery of the resurrection is the importance of it. Amen. Today marks the day Jesus died. But you see, the death of Jesus would have meant nothing if not for the resurrection. If you dribble everybody on the field and you fail to win or to score and you fail to win the match, it doesn't matter. So the death of Jesus on the cross would have been nothing if not for his resurrection. So even though today marks the death day, because what I have to teach about the resurrection is many. So I'm going to be biased for the resurrection on, on this day. Let's clap our two hands together for the Lord. So like I said, Jesus' death and resurrection are two of the things that prove that he is the Messiah. This week we have been looking at the things, we've been looking at the things that show that Jesus is a true Messiah. And we said that he fulfilled the prophecies concerning the Messiah. He fulfills the prophecies concerning the Messiah. He fulfilled all those prophecies. And some of the prophecies he fulfilled had to do with the way he died. The manner in which he died. He fulfilled biblical prophecies. So that he fully occupies the place of the Messiah. And uh, when you check Isaiah chapter 53, the verse number 4 to 12, we want to read it together. Isaiah 53, verse 4 to 12. I want us to read together. Let's all be upstanding. Isaiah 53. This is about Jesus. And today marks the day this was fulfilled. So I want all of us to read it together, standing. In the Jewish culture, they get up to read the scriptures. So we want to read today. One go. Surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we were healed. Six. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. 
And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shearers is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. That means Jesus never spoke. He never complained. He never did anything. He was like a sheep. They killed him without fighting with the people. Okay, eight. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. It's 33 years. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked. You know, Jesus was, was, was killed with sinners. Remember? Good. He made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence. Neither was any deceit in his mouth. You know that the tomb where Jesus slept belonged to a rich man. So it was like the way in Ghana we have a place where the great and the politicians are buried. Common people are not buried there. So the, the grave that belonged to um, Simon of Arimathea was a rich man. And so that grave belonged to the rich people. So even though Jesus on earth was poor, he was buried among the rich. So he kept fulfilling all the scriptures, all the prophecies Isaiah gave. Everything that was written, he was the only one who fulfilled all. Let's continue. Where did we get to? Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, that is his children, his generation, you and I. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. Amen. 11. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. When, in other words, when God sees the work Jesus has done, God will be satisfied. That is why now God doesn't punish sin. The reason why now God doesn't punish because Jesus has borne all the sins of the world. So it is only those who reject Jesus. They will be punished for their sins in hell. But after now, no matter the sin you commit as you are alive now, if you confess, God is ready to forgive you. Because he satisfied with the work Jesus did on the cross. And he only expects that you accept that grace in Jesus. So that you can be a partaker of heaven. Clap your two hands together for the Lord. And he shall be satisfied. One go. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. Last one. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he has poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors among sinners, and he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for transgressors. Clap your two hands for the work Jesus did for you.
and take back your seat. Amen. So all these were written and prophesied 700 years before Jesus was born. 1700 years this prophecy that a man was going to come and was going to be killed like this. He didn't sin but he will be killed among sinners together with the sinners. He will be buried in the grave for a rich man. And the Bible says he will carry the sins of many. Nor this were written about him. The Bible says the chastisement of our peace, the agreement or the, uh, for God to have peace with man, the responsibility was put upon him. He was to finish the work for the peace to prevail between man and God. And so Jesus was the one who fulfilled all this. In the book of John chapter 1, John prophesied that he is the sacrificial lamp of God for our sins. John 1 verse 29. The next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold, the lamp of God who takes away the sin of the world. Amen. The lamp of God that takes away the sin of the world. On, was it on Monday? I explained to you. Or was it on Wednesday? I explained to you what it means when the Bible says the lamp of God. Because when you look at Ephesians 12, verse 3 and 4, verse 3 and 4, you realize that it was spoken concerning the Passover lamp. The Passover lamp was the, the lamb that was sacrificed so that God would not kill the children of Israel. And the Bible says that Jesus is the same lamb that has been given so that you and I will not be destroyed. In Matthew chapter 17 verse 22, Verse 22, the Bible says, And while they abode in Galilee, Jesus said unto them, So this is Jesus who is also prophesying his death. The Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of men. So Jesus described how he was going to die. That as the Messiah, he has to be betrayed. He has to be betrayed. And you see, Joseph in the Old Testament is like Jesus in the New Testament. When you study about uh, types and shadows, and you see that just as Joseph was sold, Jesus was also sold. And so Jesus said, the son of man must be betrayed into the hands of men. In Matthew 16, 21, the Bible said, from that time forth, Jesus began to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. So Jesus started prophesying that he will suffer from the pastors of his day. He will suffer from the elders of his time, from the scribes of his time, and will be killed and be raised again on the third day. These were the prophecies 
about the Messiah that he must be betrayed, he must be killed, and he must resurrect. So it is very, very important for you to know that for Jesus to be the Messiah, for Jesus to be the Savior, he must be betrayed, he must be killed. And he must resurrect. These three signs are very important. So the subject of resurrection is a very, very important thing. But you see, it has been relegated to the background by Christians. We don't talk about the resurrection. We don't study about the resurrection. There are a lot of you here, you know nothing about the resurrection. You cannot even explain why there was a need for the resurrection. But you see, the death of Jesus would have been nothing without the resurrection of Jesus. It is the resurrection of Jesus that gives substance to the death of Jesus. And gives meaning to the death of Jesus. Resurrection is the heart of Christianity. It is, it is, it is, the, it is the core. It is the most important thing about Christianity. Without resurrection, there wouldn't have been any Christianity. Because when Jesus died, Peter and Paul, they went back to fishing. They went back to do their normal work. They forgot about Jesus. They took the resurrection to bring them back to the assignment. So without the resurrection, there wouldn't have been Christianity. Clap your two hands together for Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 14 And if Christ be not risen If Christ be not risen Then is our preaching vain And if Christ has not been raised Then our preaching would be without foundation In other words, our two know will not have any water there is Messiah, he's Messiah. And, and he died like those other men and never came. Up to today, several leaders died, never came. But the reason why we are, we are, we are boasting about Jesus, and the reason why we are sure that one day we will enter into heaven, our foundation is the fact that Jesus was raised. Without the resurrection of Jesus, we will lack foundation. Clap your two hands together for Jesus. And also it's our faith. In other words, our faith would have been baseless. That we wouldn't have needed to serve God through Jesus Christ. But thank God that he's alive. I said thank God that he's alive. So for me, Easter is not about celebration of the death. It's about the celebration of the, of the resurrection. Because the man is not in the grave. He's in heaven after now. As it, Jesus didn't resurrect spiritually. He resurrected body. It is not like it, it was a spiritual thing. You needed to see vision. To see the spirit going. No. He resurrected with his body. And they could hold him. He told Thomas, Feel, feel, feel my hand. He said, feel, feel it. Thomas said, I won't believe. And he said, hold my hand. And feel it. And Thomas held it. And saw that it was flesh and blood. And Thomas said, Lord, 
And then he said, Now you believe. Because you have now seen me. So Jesus resurrected bodily. He was not a ghost, a ghost roaming about. That is why Christianity is the best religion to be part of. That is if Christianity is even a religion. It is the best. Clap your two ones for the Lord. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 8 Paul spoke again about the resurrection. He said, remember that Jesus Christ who is of the seed of David was raised from the dead. Jesus Christ who was of the seed of David was raised. He says, remember Come on, tell somebody, remember. Oh, tell somebody, remember. Don't forget this point. Never forget in your life that Jesus is not in the grave. Never forget in your life. No animal chewed the body of Jesus. Never forget in your life. Jesus is not in the grave. He resurrected. He was raised. He said, keep in mind be conscious of the resurrection. Remember the resurrection. Always bear it in mind that Jesus has been raised from the dead according to my gospel. So Paul encourages the children to remember constantly the resurrection of Jesus which forms the core of the gospel of our Lord. It, it forms the basis, the foundation. It forms the foundation of our salvation. Without that part of the salvation, without that foundation, we will not be saved. So resurrection is very important. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 1. It said, Moreover, my brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, which also you have received. Now, everybody, listen to me. How many of you have been going to preach? Hello, how many of you have been preaching? And how many of you have been hearing people preach on the street? Listen to me. We are supposed to preach the gospel. Tell somebody that you are supposed to preach the gospel. You are not supposed to go and preach dress. You are not supposed to go and preach hair. Jesus didn't send you to go and talk about trousers and talk about skirts. Jesus didn't send you to go and talk about hair and wig. You are supposed to preach what? The gospel. Say the gospel. Come on, say the gospel. Jesus didn't send us to go and preach about Saturday worship, Sunday worship. That is not the gospel. We were not sent to teach about speaking in tongues and doctrinal issues. We are not sent to go and talk about water baptism. We are sent to preach about the gospel. Now, what is the gospel? The gospel is from a Greek word that means good news. Good news. What is good news? Good news is going to explain. What is the good news that we go there to go and tell people? Mr. Evangelist. Mr. Christian. When you go out there, forget about their week. Forget about their address. 
and knock about the gospel. That is what Jesus sent you there for. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received, in which you stand. Go to the next verse. He said, by which also you are saved. Listen, the gospel I'm come to tell you is, is what will make you saved. We in which you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preach unto you, unless you have believed in this. The verse number three. Now, listen to the gospel. What consists of the gospel? He said, for I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. Now, let's look at what comprises the gospel. How Christ died for our sins. Number one, how Christ died for our sins. So when you go and talk about the death of Jesus, don't go and talk about Saturday church, Sunday church. Don't go and talk about pastor and pastor and pastor. Don't go and talk about trousers and skirts. Talk about the death of Jesus. Say the gospel. That's not asempa. Asempa is this. This is the gospel. You talk about the death of Jesus. Number two. Go to the next point. And that he was buried. You talk about the burial of Jesus. And number three. And that he rose again on the third day. So the gospel is about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. It has nothing to do with dress. It has nothing. It has to do with the work Jesus has done so that we can make it to heaven. Amen. The gospel is not about going to scare people about hell straight. That is not the gospel. The gospel is about the finished work of Jesus. That has given us eternal life. That we will spend in heaven forever. It's not about putting fear into the people. Else it's not a good news. There is no good news that makes you shake. Every good news makes you celebrate. So the good news is that Jesus died for your sins. And if you accept him, you will make it to heaven. Because he has resurrected for you. Clap your two hands together for the Lord. So Paul admonishes us to constantly think about the resurrection. It is part of the gospel. It is the core of the gospel. Without the resurrection, the message wouldn't have been good news. But the good news is say. When he died, he resurrected. Say Jesus has resurrected. Oh, say Jesus has resurrected. Say it's a good news that Jesus is alive. Everyone wave your hands and shout, Jesus is alive. Now, Christians are supposed to be witnessing about the resurrection of Jesus. And that is the power of our faith. You and I are supposed to be talking to people, our friends, our family, our classmates, our workmates. We are supposed to tell them that Jesus died and resurrected so that our sins will be taken away. That is our work. We are supposed to be witnesses. Acts chapter 10. 
the verse number 39. It said, and we are witnesses of all these things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem whom they killed by hanging on the tree. And what the Bible says, hanging on the tree, I hope you, you, you understand that. In literature, we have a device we call using parts to represent a whole and using a whole to represent parts. Do you know that? That literary device. What is the name? Is it synecdoche or something? Use parts to represent a whole. And so when I say all hands are invited, what I mean is that all human beings are what? Invited. I've used hands to represent what? Human beings. So when the Bible says he was hung on a tree, it's not that there was a tree that was hung that he was put on. No, the cross is made out of a tree. Clap your two hands together for Jesus. Amen. Oh, amen. amen. So, the Bible says that hanging on a tree, verse, verse 40, verse 40, him God raised up on the third day. You see, this is Peter speaking. Paul has spoken. Peter too is speaking. And they all keep talking about the death and the resurrection of Jesus. So sometimes I'm surprised when I hear people preaching and it's nothing about the death and the resurrection. And it's all about certain doctrines. Insulting churches and pastors. Insulting people who speak tongues. And people who are wearing trousers. And all sort of things. It has nothing to do with Christianity. I'm telling you today. Because where Christianity came from. From Israel. The men. It was written concerning Aaron. That Aaron was wearing skirts. The Bible said the anointing drips from the head of Aaron to the skirt of Aaron. So you are in Ghana here and women are wearing skirts. In Israel, men are those who wear skirts. The women, they dress like the way you see the Muslim uh, 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 women who cover all their faces and they wear trousers black. I've never seen those people before. That is how real Jewish women dress. So if you want to, if you want to compare trousers and skirt, rather we should be wearing skirt for the women to be wearing trousers. If that, if that is your gospel, then you have no gospel at all. The gospel of Jesus, you go out there and preach about tattoo. The Bible says that Jesus has his name written on his thigh. It has nothing to do with the gospel. So talk about the death. Talk about the, the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. Shout Amen. Come on, shout Amen. Clap your two hands for Jesus. And so we are still listening from Peter. Peter said, him, him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly and showed him out openly not to everyone but to witnesses just before God even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead and he commanded us to preach to the people to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be a judge of the living and the dead. 
The Bible said Jesus Christ when he resurrected he didn't appear to everybody. It would have made the work easy. Because that was the question I used to ask myself. Uh, if you want the whole world to believe in you and you have resurrected her, appear to everybody. Won't that be easy? Uh, if you're in your room and you see Jesus, won't you believe? It's not very simple. Appear to everybody. But you see, as I was thinking about that, the Holy Spirit reminded me about what Jesus told Thomas. Jesus told Thomas that because you have seen, you believe. But blessed, blessed are they who have not seen and yet they believe. So when Jesus resurrected, I wasn't there. But for me to believe, I am more blessed than Peter. <laughs> Listen to me. Hello. Listen, the Bible says when Jesus resurrected, he revealed himself to only few people. They are supposed to go and tell others. And my issue is that you should reveal yourself to Daniel, to everybody, so that we can all believe you. Like there wouldn't be anything like Muslims, anything like Hindus. No, no, no. Because everybody has to see that this is God. Wouldn't it be easy? But listen to me. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. It says that whoever comes to God must have faith. Must believe. Without faith there is no Christianity. So Jesus told me that he will not reveal himself to everybody. Because you must make it to heaven by faith. That is why Jesus will not come to Ghana. Because we must believe by faith. The reason why he just revealed to some few people is so that they will come and tell us. But instead of you to, to also want to see him by force, rather choose to believe. Choose to believe that all round he appeared. That means I believe. And accept it. And believe it. Why? Because more are the people, more blessed. More blessed are the people who never saw Jesus and yet they believe him than those who ate with Jesus than those who drank with Jesus than those who walked with Jesus so yes I understand Peter saw Jesus but Prince I didn't see Jesus I wasn't there but I believed Jesus so the Bible said blessed are those who believe even though they didn't see so I declare you are more blessed I said you are more blessed. I said you are more blessed. Receive the blessings of the Lord. Receive the blessings of the Lord. Clap your two hands for Jesus. So when Jesus appeared only to few people, he appeared to few people. The greatest number he appeared to were about 500. When you, when you continued the first Corinthians 15, from verse 5, 6, 7. He will talk to you about, he will mention the people Jesus revealed himself to and said at one point he manifested himself to about 500 people. Wow. And these are the witnesses that started the way. And they had to see Jesus. You and I must also testify that Jesus Christ died and resurrected. Now hear me. The Pharisees 
and the Jewish leaders were afraid and there was an earthquake. And the angels of God descended. And all the gods, they fell to the left and to the right. And the Messiah came out of the tomb. Unstoppable. Come on, clap your hands for Jesus. All those people couldn't stop him. All of them couldn't stop him. They went as far as after Jesus resurrected, they still had to bribe the soldiers. They bribed. They paid bribe. Matthew 28 verse 11. After all that they did, Jesus still resurrected. And so they had to pay bribe. Now, look at it. As they were on their way, some of the guards came into the city and reported to the chief priest everything that had happened. Angels came down and the stone was rolled away and all of the soldiers had to flee for their life. So when you go and read the whole of that chapter, my time. But over here, they came to report to the elders. They said, hey, do you know what we have seen? An angel came down and the place was shaking and that big rock no human being rode into it rode by itself and when they told them immediately look at what they said after the priests had assembled with the elders and agreed on a plan they gave the soldiers a large sum of money <laughs> a large amount of money they, they told them say this his disciples came during the night and stole him while we were sleeping. Hey! A lot of you like that. You were all sleeping. And they came to roll their stone. You didn't hear? Wow! But see, they can't stop the Messiah. Your enemies cannot stop you. I said, your enemies cannot stop you. They want you to be down, but you go up. They want you to fail, but you will, so, you will surprise them. You will succeed over them. Receive that prophecy in the name of Jesus. They say, hey, take money. Don't say anything. Say that they came to steal his body. Next. If this reaches the governor's ears, we will deal with him and keep you out of trouble. So you see, they told the soldiers, listen, if the governor hears that you people slept, he may try to fire you. But he is a politician. We'll sort him out. We'll sort him out. All of you, your position will be intact. So just get this money and do your part. So you see, they were afraid of the resurrection of Jesus. Why are people afraid of the resurrection? Why is it that they don't want Jesus to resurrect? Why is it that money will be paid so that Jesus doesn't resurrect? Why would they do everything to stop it? The demons did whatever they can in hell. But the Bible said they couldn't stop it. On the third day he came out. The soldiers couldn't stop him. He still came out. The Pharisees couldn't stop him. Jesus came out victorious. You will come out victorious. I said you will manifest victorious. I said you will manifest victorious. So that tells us that they knew something about what will happen in Jesus' resurrection. They knew the implications. They knew the consequences. They are the Jewish leaders. They are supposed to welcome the Messiah. 
But they have literally killed their Messiah. So the people who stone them to death, there will be an uproar in the city. People will kill the chief priests for killing their long awaited king, their Christ. So they have to pay their way out. That's very, very serious. Now, listen to me. Let me talk to you lastly one thing about the importance. Why was it so important that Jesus had to resurrect? And why were they trying to stop him? Because number one, it proves that Jesus is who he claims he is. If Jesus could resurrect bodily, that means he has power over death. It is only God who has power over death. So if Jesus can resurrect, that means he is God. And they are afraid of that. That's why we killed him. So they wanted to stop him. If Jesus resurrected, then it means he is who he is. That he is. It means he is the Christ. That means he is the son of God. That means God who has come on earth. And they are guilty for his death. Matthew 26 verse 62. Matthew 26 verse 62. Look at what they asked Jesus when they arrested Jesus. The high priest arose and said to him, Are you not saying anything? He said, Are you not saying anything? Don't you have an answer to what these people are saying against you? Next. But Jesus kept silent. Then the high priest said to him, By the living God, I place you under an oath. In other words, I charge you in the name of God. Tell us if you are the Messiah. If you are the Son of God. That's all they don't want to hear in their life. And they were pushing Jesus to talk. Look at the next verse. You have said it. Jesus responded. You have said it. Jesus told him, but I tell you, in the future, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds in heaven. So Jesus said that that is what you have said. And one day, you will see me coming. You will see me in my, in my, in my majesty. In my power, and I'll be coming back to the earth. When they heard, they said, Hey, look at the next verse. He said, Then the high priest tore his robes. In other words, this is blasphemy. In other words, how can a human being say he's God? So he has spoken blasphemy. So he tore his dress and said, He has blasphemed. Why do we still need any witness? Look, now you have heard this blasphemy. So all that they hated to hear was that Jesus is the Son of God. He is God Himself who has come on earth. So for Him to resurrect, it authenticates, it validates, it agrees with the fact that Jesus is who he said he was. And they don't like that. So they paid for soldiers. They paid for cars. So that what Jesus said. Will not be confirmed. Clap your two hands for the Lord. Come on do it better. Are you here with me? First Timothy 
child of God, I want you to understand as I close tonight that Jesus he is God. Everybody listen to what I'm saying. I said Jesus he is God. I said Jesus he is who? God. When we say he is the son of God what we mean is that he is God who came in a human form and so we call him the reproduction of God and that is why we say the son of God so we say you are the brainchild of something you see the one who brought the ball is a brainchild of someone the one who brought a vehicle is a brainchild in other words a free son of the produce the car so we said that the car is the brainchild of so so and so the aeroplane we say is the brainchild of who? The right brothers. Amen. So Jesus Christ is the son of God. In other words, Jesus is the brainchild of God himself. He is the formula. God wanted to save human beings. And God says, I will take a body and go and die. So a body coming to die is the brainchild of God. He is the idea of God. He is, he is God's formula for salvation. So we say he is the son of God. It doesn't mean that God went to the labor world to push. Do you understand what I'm saying? First Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. Look at it. It said, most certainly the mystery of godliness is great. Everybody say mystery. When the Bible uses the word mystery, it means it's a hidden thing. That means what I'm coming to tell you is a secret. Say it's a secret. It took the Holy Ghost to explain to us. But what I'm coming to say is a secret. And this secret is not a small secret. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God, now everybody watch it. God was manifest in the flesh. What is it, Hello, we are reading the Bible. When someone tells you that Jesus is different from God, tell him that there is a great secret in Christianity. The great secret in Christianity is what, what we are discussing today. Let's look at it again. God was manifest, in other words, revealed in the flesh in what flesh who was manifested in the flesh hello oh, talk to me who was manifested in the flesh who came in the flesh so god was manifested in the flesh comma justified in the spirit what is the meaning of justified in the spirit justified in the spirit means that for you to be justified you need to be innocent when we say you are justified it means you are righteous it means you are not guilty just as if you have not seen justified it's like you have never seen before to be innocent to be acquitted and discharged so for Jesus to come and save us he needed he needed to be innocent of the sin that is in the world how will he be innocent of the sin in other words, he must not carry what makes every human being a sinner. And what makes every human being a sinner? The sperms of a man. Say the sperms of a man. Oh, talk to me. Say the sperms of a man. The sperm of a man has sinned. Because Adam sinned. And in Romans 5, the Bible says one man 
sing. And sing entered into the well. And death came into the well. And all have sinned. Because we are all coming from Adam's pen. God didn't go down to create any clay again. God only created Adam and Eve. And Adam's sperm brought children. So when Adam sinned, his sperm was contaminated by but out of Adam's blood, which is the sperm, all children were born. According to Acts 17, 26, it says the people of all the world came out of one blood. Americans, Europeans, blacks, everybody came out of the same blood. For Jesus to be born by Joseph, it means that Jesus has the blood of Joseph. And that means that Jesus will be a sinner. That is why the Holy Ghost didn't pass through Joseph. But the Holy Ghost put all men aside and entered into the woman direct so that no man's sperm which has sin will enter. So Jesus is the righteous person without sin because no man gave that to him. You and I, we are born by men. You all have your father's blood. So you have Adam's sin. But Jesus doesn't have Joseph's blood. Jesus entered into Mary before Mary had sex with Joseph. Mary had to give birth. Later on, before they gave birth to Joseph and other brothers of Jesus. Jesus is straight from heaven. No sin. Say no sin. That is the meaning of justified in the spirit. We are trying to establish the fact that Jesus is God. Justified in the spirit, comma, sin of angels. Now, he says that he was not only justified in the spirit, but he was seen of angels. Now, that tells us that the day God manifested in the flesh was the first time angels got the chance to see the one they were worshipping in heaven. They are worshipping someone in heaven they don't know. No one has ever seen God including angels. That is why even the cherubs who are by the throne they have six wings two they cover themselves two they cover the throne and two they fly so they use the two to cover them their eyes nobody can look at God it is only Jesus who knows God so the day God came to the earth in the name of Jesus or in the form of Jesus was the first time angels had to stretch their neck and see the man that they have been worshipping the one they have been worshipping they didn't know him they have never seen him before clap your hands for the Lord God is a spirit so nobody can see God it took God coming to take flesh and we called him Jesus for other people to know him including angels so sin of angels preach on unto the Gentiles in other words this God who became flesh people are preaching about him now who are people preaching about who are people preaching about? 
So can you see that Jesus is being described over here? Oh, hello. Are you reading the Bible with me? Preach on among the Gentiles. We are the Gentiles. We are not the children of Abraham. So we are called yeah, yeah, Gentiles. Yeah, we are Gans, the Caprim people. We are not from Israel. So yeah, we, are, Israel. we are called the Gentiles. So see at the end of preach among the Gentiles. Today, all over the world, you hear people talking about Jesus. Talking about Jesus. It's in fulfillment to this scripture. Believe on in the world. That means that he's the one that people will believe on. And Jesus is the one that when we believe on, will be saved. And received up into glory. Now, which of the religious leaders, after he died, was, was lifted up back to heaven? Was received back to heaven? It is only Jesus. It is only Jesus that in Acts chapter 1, he was talking with the disciples. And as he was talking to them, giving them the assignment. You shall be witnesses of me. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, go and make disciples for me. As he was speaking to them, the Bible says started going up. And started going up. And started going up. And started going up. Until he was received in the cloud. And it disappeared. And the angels appeared. And they said, Men, what are you looking for? This same Jesus, whom you see, being taken away, shall come back again. I tell you that one day, Jesus will come back. It doesn't matter whether today or tomorrow. One day, Jesus will come back. The way he went up is the same way he will come down. So this scripture here says that this God who became flesh, he was taken up. Only Jesus fulfills this description. No man ever fulfilled this description. Clap your hands together for Jesus. Ask somebody, do you understand? Come on, ask somebody, do you understand? Jesus is the human container in which God the Father, the Word, and the Spirit entered and came on earth. According to 1 John 5, 7, the Bible said there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Spirit. And Colossians 2, 9 tells us that that is called the Godhead. In other words, the God Council, the Father, the Word, the Spirit, is the God Council. What you call Trinity, the Father, the Word, the Spirit. Now these three, according to Colossians 2.9, entered into one man. And we call his name Jesus. So when you see Jesus going, it's the Father in him, the Word in him, the Spirit in him. That is why in John 14, John chapter 14, Jesus said to the disciples, I'm going to my father. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to prepare a place for all of you. And then in verse 5, Thomas asked him a question. He said, Lord, Thomas said, we don't know where you are going. You keep telling us I'm going, I'm going. But we don't know where you are going. He said, how can we know the way to go there? Verse 6, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Next, he said, if you know me, everybody watch it, if you know me, then you will know my Father. Because the body walking there is the spirit of the Father in him. So he says, if you know me, the body, 
then now you know the father so as for the father you can't see him but he's in me so if you know me then you know the father who is in me because I am the father I am my father I want because in me is the father therefore if you know me you will know the father from now on you know him he said from now on now that I'm telling you the secret you know him from now onwards you know him and you have seen him you have seen him that means anybody who has seen Jesus has seen the father because Jesus is the physical body of the father he is God who has taken flesh so when you see Jesus you have seen God there is no way you can see God John 1 18 tells us that no one has seen God Moses hasn't seen God Elijah hasn't seen God no one has seen God angels haven't seen God but the Bible says that only the son who is in his heart who is an idea in him he has revealed him he has revealed him so now listen to me here right now and then in verse 8 it says Lord said Philip show us the father and that will be enough for us in other words Jesus you just saw the father who asked you any question again it's like you are, we know we are disturbing you but you today dear let's solve this mathematics Jehovah witnesses are saying that Jesus is angel this uh, uh, God is different Jesus uh, Jesus let's solve this problem today oh do you want to solve the problem today whether Jesus is an angel let's solve it today let's solve it whether he's just one of the creatures let's solve it today the Muslim said he's a prophet let's just solve it today he said our Lord show us the father and it will be enough we will solve the problem today look at the answer of Jesus Jesus said to him everybody rise up and stand on your feet everybody and read with me everybody rise up look at the, the wealth of Jesus we are all reading one go Jesus said to him I can't hear you one go Jesus said to him have I been among you all this time without your knowing me Oh Philip. Oh Philip. Anybody who tells you that Jesus is not God. Tell the person you don't know anything. You don't know anything. You don't know anything in the Bible. Oh, That's why you are preaching that Jesus is different. God is different. When you see Jesus, there's a physical body. In him is the Father, the Word, the Spirit. Is that have I been among you all this time? Without you knowing me, Philip. The one who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say so as the Father? Philip, how can you say so as the Father? I am the Father. How can you say as we show you the Father? I've been with you for a long time and you still don't know. 
It is like, I always use this as an example. How many of you have watched Spider-Man before? How many of you have watched Spider-Man before? This is Spider-Man is a man in a mask. When he's going to work, he puts on the mask. When he comes home, he takes off the mask. And there was a lady journalist. How many of you have watched it? There was a lady journalist who really wanted to see Spider-Man. And he didn't know that his friend or the one he's been talking with is the Spider-Man. So every day, he'll say, ask for me, I want to see Spider-Man. One day she was in her house and Spider-Man went there and showed himself to, to her. But she saw a Spider-Man. So she didn't know that this was her classmate. She only thought this is Spider-Man. So she was wondering, how did you know I'm looking for you? But what she doesn't know is that the, the Spider-Man is the same person in his class. Until one day, he took off the mask. And then the girl said, what? So he does you. That is the same thing here. God came as a man. And they were still looking for God. And God said, I am happy with you. The mask, the mask is called Jesus. But the person in the mask is the father. So, 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 so when Jesus wanted to reveal, over here, Jesus just shocked at the Philip. I've been with you. You don't know me. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. I am the one. I am the one. I am the one. See, I am the one. That is Jesus. That is Jesus. His, his physical covered max is called Jesus. But in him is the Father. When he takes off the mask, when he gets to heaven, you'll see that he's ruling everything. But because he had to work, he stepped into the mask called Jesus and came to die. Because as God, he can't die. As spirit, they can't pierce him. When he lifts up his hand, everybody will fall. So he had to, he had to reduce. It's like, it's like uh, someone should help me. The power system that comes from the transformer or comes from the main. I hear it is very high. So it has to enter into a transformer or something. And the transformer will reduce it, step down into 220 volts so that your refrigerator can use. So that your television can use. But the power that is coming from a Kosombo will burn your house. But it has to be stepped down into a container or into something you can use. So if God would deal with man like God to step into, into, into the earth as God, everybody would die. Moses said, God, let me see you. God said, Quay, Bobby. Nobody will see me and leave you. If God should come to the earth, anybody who sees him will die. Because God is fire. So he has to step down through the transformer called Jesus. So that he can eat with you. He can play with you. He can have fun with you. You can also be with him. And you can see him and not die. But Jesus is God. So for him to resurrect, he proved to the world that he is God. That is why they wanted to stop him from coming out of the grave. Because even in the grave, 
He is Lord. Even in the grave, He is Lord. Even in the grave, He is Lord. He says that, behold, authority is given to me. I have the keys of hell and of death. Now, I choose to die or not. I love what He said. Let me show you one scripture and I close. I love what He said here. I love something he said. But let, let me just give you John 10, 17. Everybody, just watch this. Oh, Jesus. I love preaching about Jesus. I don't like preaching about money. Uh, I love preaching about Jesus. Because Jesus is the reason why we are going to heaven. A lot of people don't know. You are in a good church. You will know every secret about the Bible. Everybody, watch this. I, w- I want to take off the glasses. Take off the glasses. Take off the Jehovah's Witnesses glasses you are wearing. Take off the FDA glasses you are wearing. Take off all the glasses that you are wearing and look at the scripture. Look at what Jesus said. He said, this is why the Father loves me. Because I am laying down my life so I may take it up again. Next. He says, no one takes it from me. I lay it down on my own. I have the right, that means I have the power to lay it down. And I have the power to take it up again. I have received this commandment from my father. In other words, when I was coming into the earth, my father decided that I should be killed. So I, I have decided to allow that. Else they couldn't kill me. So I have the power to die. And I have the power to rise up again. Because that is the program program for me. That is what has been fixed. That, that is, I'm, I'm, I'm like a robot. What has been programmed for me is to come and die and rise up. So for Jesus to die rise up so that he has the power to come out of death. No death can hold him captive. That is only a thing God can do. And that is what Jesus did. Jesus is God. No two ways about it. Clap your two hands for Jesus. Clap your two hands for Jesus. Beloved, thank you for listening to this message by Pastor Prince Lion. If you have been blessed by this message but have not surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, kindly say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died that I may live. Please forgive me and wash me with your blood. I believe I am a child of God. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. If you have said this prayer, know that your sins have been forgiven and you are now a new creation. We invite you to worship with us on Sundays at Odoko. For more information, please call 054-324-8982 or 024-1372-895. God richly bless you.